Wait, Game of Thrones and Bayern Munich? Wait, yeah, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Super Bayern Podcast. Hansi Flick is at the wheel and Bayern Munich are heading in the right direction after their annual demolition of Borussia Dortmund at the Allianz Arena took place on Saturday, following up behind a 2-0 win over Olympiakos midweek. Have the Bavarians finally turned a corner after sacking Niko Kovac, or are these last two games just giving us false hope that things have gotten better? I'm Benjamin Scott and I'm here to talk about all that with my friends Garrett Kerber Hello, and Sebastian Zimmerman. Hi. So, like I said, Hansi Flick has taken over as the interim coach at Bayern Munich, uh, and it looks like he's here to stay at least for a little bit. Um, and everyone's happy because he led Bayern Munich to their annual demolition of Dortmund at the Allianz Arena. So, Sebastian, just to get us started, uh, what has Hansi Flick got right against Dortmund yesterday and against Olympiakos midweek um, that seemed to be missing out for Niko Kovac? Uh, I think Hansi Flick himself would probably probably say that he fixed the defense, and I guess that definitely is is a huge part of uh, of what he did. I think because uh, I would I would say that while we also have gotten better offensively, I think most of this is due to a, a better fu- uh, better fundamentals on defense. So I think um, it, it's a bit surprising even. Because you would actually not uh, think that this would have been an ideal situation, uh, having having to rely on uh, well two center backs who are not really center backs, but may, uh, more like uh, players who can play center back, but uh, not really not really specialists in any way. Uh, of course, uh, I'm very happy that we haven't haven't really seen much of Thiago on the six. I, I will of course say that this has been important. Uh, Definitely, Davies has been one of the headlines for sure on defense. But I think overall, yeah, uh, people are going in the right direction again. Everybody, uh, well, on the same page. Everybody wants to achieve the same thing. I guess, yeah, a, a lot of, lot of the, a lot, a lot of the infighting is now gone, at least from the team. Maybe not so much from the management side of the club, but I think on, on the field. They are one team again. They are trying to achieve the same same thing, and they are well. I don't think that I would say that they actually played against Kovac before, but I think we can be relatively sure now that, yeah, not everyone uh, was sure that Kovac's solutions would be the right solutions. So that would have always have been, yeah, the problem that some people would want to do what Kovac wants them to do, other people would not exactly want what Kovac wants them to do, and so on. And I think. That whole mess is just resolved now, and of course that's going to help a lot, especially on defense. And when when the defense works well, yeah, you're just way more free uh, to, well, play much better on offense too. Yeah, I think that I think that you know what you mentioned at the end there, like part of it is I think that they're all focused. I think that there was enough people that they had kind of the excuse of, well, I don't, you know, Kovac will be gone pretty soon if if things continue this way. And now it's kind of they're not gonna fire the the interim coach. I mean, they're just gonna replace him with someone new eventually. But so really, the focus is not so much on Hansi Flick as it is on you know the players themselves. And I think that that 
to me it was what what I saw in this match um, on Saturday was such a difference was it seemed like players were were buying into what they were doing um, and I think I think Flick kept it simple in terms of um, I don't think he was doing anything super special but like you said he he focused on that defense and getting that right and and I think that everybody is kind of just on board with what he's doing looking ahead to you know whoever's going to be the next coach and I think that 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 cohesion that we have felt has been lacking um, several times throughout the year was kind of we could see it um, against Dortmund on Saturday yeah it's it's pretty incredible that Flick got this team um, this sort of you could probably call it a makeshift back line you know with very few people playing in a position that uh, you would say is their natural position Anyway, he got this back line to not only keep a clean sheet for two games in a row, but to not allow a shot on target in either game. And this is, you know, against Borussia Dortmund, a very, very talented uh, attack. Um, And you did kind of hit on this, Garrett. But my next question is, you know, how much of this uh, is down to Hansi Flick? or And and then how much of it is maybe down to just a post-Niko Kovac kind of honeymoon, if you will? Because uh, Uli Honus even confirmed that, that there were players vocal about wanting Kovac gone. And so now he's gone. So do you think a lot of this can just be attributed to, okay, Kovac is gone. So these players are naturally going to step up their game, at least for a few games. I think that that's, that's a, a good portion of it. Cause I think that, you know, the crap hit the fan with the Frankfurt game. And, um, and you know, I know Manuel Neuer had that, those comments that, you know, this has been coming for a long time. And so it just kind of makes you feel like everybody was just kind of waiting for it to happen. And so there is some sort of pressure relieved from, from uh, the, the change at, at the helm. Um, but I think that as far as what Flick is doing well, um, I don't think it should be discounted that the players seem to really like him. Um, he seems to really be a, a player's coach and uh and I think he's, like you said, I think he's keeping it simple. I think he's showing a lot of confidence in the players that he's rolling out there. And I don't think that he's asking them to do, well, I want to say he's not asking them to do something that's out of their character. But I mean, we have David Alaba playing center back. So, I mean, that's not entirely true, but he's at least, you know, he's he's at least playing on some of the strengths that they have. and um, And I think that they're just, I think they're listening to him a little bit more. Um, and, and like you said, when there's players in the locker room that are kind of angling to get the coach gone, they tend to focus up a little bit once that actually happens. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how much it carries over. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that there's an international break from that standpoint that, you know, you wonder how much, um, how much momentum, you kind of carry over uh, through the international break when everybody goes to their separate uh, country teams and, and, and then comes back. Um, hopefully they can kind of keep whatever was good and, um, and continue to work out some of the kinks. But I, I think that there's, I think there's a lot of, a lot of it to do with just kind of that new manager bounce sort of thing. Not exactly a new manager bounce, but you know, you're, you know, I mean, is some somebody different, but I think that I think that um, Hansi Flick is just doing a good job of 
listening to his players, putting them in positions to succeed and, um, and trusting them and, and keeping it simple. Yeah, let's go ahead and look at some of those players, some of those uh, individual performances, because the game against Dortmund was a game full of just some really fine individual displays. Uh, and we have to start with the one that probably took, maybe not took everyone by surprise, but it, uh, for me at least, it was it was the standout performance. That's Alfonso Davies playing left back. Uh, 19 years old, um, just turned 19 years old, playing against the second best team in Germany, probably, uh, with a very, very talented attack in Jadon Sancho, Torquen Hazard, uh, even Akraf Hakimi storming down his flank. And he looked like the best left back in the world. I mean, nothing that went his way worked out for Dortmund. He shut down everything. You know, he led the he led Bayern Munich in tackles. Um, he you know made made seven tackles. He only lost two out of thirteen duels. Um, he you know going forward was equally effective. He had the highest uh, passing accuracy of anyone on the team. I mean, it was just for me, it was kind of uh, a moment of arrival for Alfonso Davies. You know, he he is now. Um, really part of this Bayern Munich squad. He is now in, seri- in serious contention for a starting spot. And you talked about David Alaba playing center back and how that's a bit unusual for him. If Davies keeps this up, we're going to have to see a lot more of Alaba at center back because he's definitely not going to be taking back his left back role uh, anytime soon. So Sebastian, I'll come to you. Um, am I maybe waxing a bit too eloquently about Davies or uh, did you see the same thing? Do you think this was just a, a big... Um, sort of establish yourself in the first team kind of performance from Alfonso Davies. Yeah, I think you're you're perfectly perfectly correct here. This really is the kind of thing I was I was hoping for when we talked about uh, Luis Van Gaal <laughs> some some weeks back. I think we have mentioned him a couple of times because that really reminded me of those days under Luis Van Gaal when uh, David Alaba and uh, Thomas Müller and uh, Holger Bartsch Duba became uh, players uh, of the uh, of the first team and even yes uh, usually starters i really do think that that was this kind of performance you never know if he's going to keep that up but uh, strictly talking about this match it was uh, as good as you you can uh, you can hope for i, I have rarely seen a, a better left back than uh, or a better left back performance than uh, what we saw yesterday so I, I don't. I don't think uh, we can go too far in praising this performance as long uh, as we kind of remind ourselves that it's just that one game. But yeah, it really looks to me that that he's taken huge steps in the right direction, in the in his first appearances on the left uh, as on the left uh, as a left back. You you really thought, okay, you can tell that he's not really a proper left back. He's going to have to learn some things and so on. And this is, yeah, it was all right, and it it had it has uh, become less and less uh, with each and every game, and now you, it's really like uh, pretty much like Alaba in his in his best games, basically. You can't really, uh, I really don't don't see uh, could or could make out any any hint that this is uh, this is not a guy who who has played left back for ten years or so. Uh, yeah. And I, I guess I want to, I want to especially emphasize how great he, wa- he was on defense. Of course, we would expect him to be great on offense uh, and okay on defense or something like that. But he looked really brilliant on defense, I have to say. And I guess uh, I, I also agree that this uh, yeah opens up the question: What are we going to do 
once Alaba uh, does, doesn't have to play centre-back anymore, which I would assume is going to be soonish at least. Actually, I, w I would really hope we can find a solution of putting one of those two on the right side, maybe, because I'm still not a huge fan of Pavard on the right side. Maybe we can do something like this. Maybe also we are actually going back to three at the back. That would be very interesting because that could be a great position for Alaba being on the on the left side of of a of a, a three man backline. I could see that very well. I guess that would also be possibly great for Pavard being on the right side of of uh, of a of a three man backline, and then Davies a bit further up. That could be very interesting as a wing back. I think I would really like to see that, and maybe now uh, with the international break. Now is the time to for Flick to make some more changes if he wants to, because obviously he didn't have much time to to implement new things. If he really wants to change more, that this is this is the the best uh, the be the best time to do that. And where, yeah, why not? Why why not finally go three at the back? We have been waiting so long for this. We uh, we always thought this would be one thing Kovac might bring uh, to to this club, and it could be very very interesting. But he never did. Why not now? Those are interesting points, but yeah, I, I definitely have to agree. We we really need to highlight the defensive work uh, that Alfonso Davies brought against Dortmund because he had been solid in his, I guess this was the fifth game in a row that he started. So he had been solid in the four matches leading up to it um, against Olympiaco, Seintracht Frankfurt, uh, Bochum. But I mean, this was Dortmund and he's going up against Jadon Sancho, who, you know, many see as the best teenager in Europe. Uh, and I'm, like you said, he was just, he was incredible. Nothing that went his way um, or nothing Dortmund brought his way got past him. He shut down everything. And um, also part of how solid that side was has to be attributed to Kingsley Coman as well, who I think for the first time in months, I would say actually played a good game for Bayern Munich. Um, in fact, I feel like he was a bit unlucky not to have either scored or assisted, but uh, he was doing almost everything right and got a little bit unlucky uh, at the end. So, Garrett, do you think that this um, Davies-Coman partnership could be, you know, the start of something that could be really big and really bold or really beautiful for Bayern Munich? And, um, uh, yeah, just talk about how they played together throughout the match. Um, well, first, I, I just I don't know that we can trust Kingsley-Coman to, to have um, consistently good games at this point. Um, with him, I, until we see it, I mean, I, I, I fully, I mean, I think we all agree that he has the talent and the, the skills to be able to put together, um, a, just consistency, um, at, at that position. And I think it would be great if you could make that happen. Um, but again, we, I just, we've, we've been down this road before. And so I, I want to see it again. Um, but I, but I think that if you could have that kind of speed on on the left side, uh, and because when we talk, I think we, somebody talked about it during the match is that like, um, Colon is is lightning quick and um, Davies is faster, and Davies is 19 years old, and uh, so I mean. Has, having been a, an 18, 19 year old before, um, you have a lot of energy and, um, that energy 
you know, you can, you can go for a long time, especially when you're in a world-class training facility and you're being, and that's what you're doing for a living. Um, so to have that kind of speed on, on that side of the pitch, um, is just going to make that, um, fantastic. And I think that what makes that work is because Davies is so clearly committed to being a good defender. Um, we've, we've seen over the last few matches as he's played in this left back position, you know, most players, I would, I would think most 19 year olds, if they got a chance to play on, on, on the big stage, um, or even against, you know, some of these teams that, that your squad is a lot better than like an Olympiacos, um, he's gonna, especially as a converted wingback too. Right. I mean, like or winger he's 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 going to want to get forward too much and then and be caught at the back or he's going to like sebastian said he he does okay a little bit you know on defense and 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 we're kind of like all right you know he he can fill that role until we can find someone better but he's clearly made steps to say okay i know what i can do going forward but we're going to shore up the back we're going to make sure that i'm going to i'm going to become one of the better defenders in this back line. And we're going to do uh, everything we can to make the team good. And, um, and, and, and I think some of that might have to do with the fact that um, David Alaba has been, you know, for so many players on this, uh, on this Bayern Munich team, he's kind of been there talking to them and, 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 and in integrating them into the squad. And um, I think, uh, Davies can see that Alaba switched to left back um, in his career and still was able to get forward and still able to do some things offensively. So I think he he sees, okay, I can I need to shore up this back end of my game um, until I can you know pair it with the the abilities going forward that everybody knows he has because they've seen it um, in in various highlights and stuff. Um, so that's what's going to be what it's going to make that work. And I think that. Coleman actually clearly prefers to have a, um, a, a partner back there uh, that can, can, can do those sorts of things, can overlap and, and they, can, they can work together. The issue is going to be, can Coleman be as good as he was on Saturday? Um, he still made a lot of mistakes, but he made up for those mistakes in a lot of ways. Um, but that's going to be the key going forward is how, how does he, how does he build on this performance and continue to, you know, make that kind of a baseline to where we're not, we're expecting him to be, you know, he may not score every game or may not assist every game, but we're not going to be constantly putting our hands, our face in our hands saying, why, what was that decision? Why are you, you know, dribbling it basically out of bounds and, you know, all those things that we've, we've kind of come to get frustrated with him, but they, they played great on Saturday. Um, and, and I really, and like you said, you know, so Davey was, uh, in guarding Jaden Sancho, who the hype was very real on last year, all through the summer, they talked him up even through the first few games of the season. He's been one of Dortmund's better players. And then you have, uh, Favre, uh, subbing him off before halftime and, and there's no injury. Um, that speaks volumes of the job that Alfonso Davies did. Um, as a 19 year old kid 
playing a position he's not really all that used to. I mean, he's done it before. He did it when he played for Vancouver Whitecaps. He he's done it sparingly here and there with Bayern, but like he's 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 had such a good match that it does it does make you wonder what are you going to do with David Alaba um, once he doesn't have to play center back and. Um, I mean, maybe you move him back to left back and you're, you're, you're cool with just knowing that you have a guy who can really play that position on your bench. Um, or maybe, you know, you, we try to work him into this, uh, uh, Kimmich, uh, midfield with, uh, him and, and Kimmich both playing defensive mid. Um, cause I mean, he, he plays there for his, uh, for the Austrian national team from time to time. I know. So, yeah, I mean it's 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 nice to feel excited um, as a Bayern fan now. I mean, because you we had such a long run of like, okay, how can we pick apart this win? What are these things? What are the things that you know we we won six to one, but now here's you know fifteen different things that are super concerning, and um, and while those are still kind of there, there's kind of a sense of optimism now, and and I think that's really that's really exciting. Another partnership that really impressed yesterday. Uh, Sebastian was Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka in midfield um, where David Oliver wasn't playing but maybe soon uh, trying to get a couple starts but I remember I guess a little bit less than a year ago we saw some of Kimmich and Goretzka in midfield together for a run of four or five games and we talked about just how impressive they looked together. Uh, Yesterday did we see more of the same? Were you still equally impressed by uh, the German midfield duo? Um, And if so is this something you're hoping that Flick continues with uh, going forward? Yeah, I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, I don't think it was as flashy as it was a year ago, uh, because I think both were were very good yesterday. But it was not a performance that a casual casual viewer would uh, would have uh, thought was brilliant or anything. He would really have to look more closely to see how well they, they played yesterday. I think. While a year ago, uh, this was Kimmich and Goretzka uh, uh, as the as the double pivot, but Kimmich would still appear on the wing and have brilliant runs on the side and uh, put crosses in, and Goretzka would would be uh, would be uh, would appear on offense suddenly with a header or something like that. So it was not quite like that, but I think it was e- equally impressive, and I think it was probably the right kind of performance we needed right now, because uh, yeah. We have t- we have talked about uh, how Thiago is probably not our best solution at the moment because I always feel like he wants to uh, be that guy who looks like a br- brilliant football player and uh, that that's maybe yeah he always wants to do special things while it would sometimes be ve- very much more important if he just uh, did his job and t- took the opportunities he gets instead of uh, always trying to do something brilliant always trying to do some something special and I guess. Uh, that's something I can say about about the whole squad yesterday. Everybody just did his job and didn't, yeah, yeah, didn't try to do anything special and anything uh, for for himself or anything like that. And uh, and I really think Kimi and Goretzka that can be can be a good solution. Uh, I, I'm I'm very open to uh, making that our new standard. Of course, uh, I'm also open to different different things. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think Tolisso definitely uh, need, needs to get chances again under Flick. Uh, I think Javi Martinez is probably going to be uh, in, in this discussion again once he doesn't have to help out as a center back. So the, it's still pretty much up in the, in the air, I think. 
but uh, I, I don't think uh, there is a reason right now not to stick with this for now or uh, or not to make this our, our new standard. So, yeah, I was re- really, really happy with this. And I also think, by the way, that having having Müller in there probably helped. I think he also played an important role there. Uh, we haven't, I think we haven't talked about Thomas Müller at all yet, but I think, uh, yeah, it's quite, it's a bit kind of the same uh, as with Kimmich and Goretzka. It was not totally flashy, but he was probably may- maybe the best or second best player on the field from my perspective, or at least uh, among the top three for me. <clears throat> so I guess uh, we should also not underestimate uh, what Thomas Müller brings to this midfield, who's also a part of the uh, part of it, and yeah. We, we definitely should uh, have some kind words towards Thomas Müller. I think at this point, anyone uh, who listens to the podcast, at least fairly often, should know that it's just a given that having Thomas Müller on the pitch is better. It's just better. It's all. It's always better. It always works out uh, better for Bayern Munich. And um, obviously, Niko Kovac never picked up on that completely. And uh, Hansi Flick has already learned his lesson, but. I mean, yeah, I'm never going to not have kind things to say for Thomas Muller. So, you know, getting two great assists. um, Really, we talk about, you know, playmakers in modern football who they say they orchestrate the game. Uh, Thomas Muller does that in a very different way. Um, So a lot of people would argue that he doesn't orchestrate the game, but I would say that he does. And it's just in a much less obvious way than, than guys like Coutinho and Thiago do. Uh, but Muller, he always knows exactly where he should be. But beyond that, he knows where his teammates should be and where they will be based on the way they play, um, and especially so with Robert Lewandowski. And so that's why you see him again leading the Bundesliga in assists already with six, despite not starting basically half the games that Niko Kovac uh, coached this season. So yeah, I've always got always got nice things to say about uh, Thomas Muller. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that Alfonso Davies was just so impressive at left back, Muller would uh, easily be easily be my man of the match. And what a what a German thing to do for that midfield to be super efficient and not necessarily overly flashy, but just getting the job done. And and I think that um, that's that's what I love to see is it, you don't have to be doing a ton of stepovers making these ridiculous curling passes or shots or whatever just get it get the job done and do it in a way that you know they they completely outclassed um Dortmund there was there was not a moment in that game where I really felt like you know Dortmund could make a run at this and um in that midfield um I actually saw someone make a comment about it being all German and in a negative way, which was weird to me, but um, cause it's like, you're, you're cheering for a German club. What, what's the, <laughs> but anyway, um, they, 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 they worked so well together and they covered ground differently. I remember watching the, um, in the Olympiacos game, kind of watching the heat map for, for the three of them, for Kimmich Miller and, and Goretzka. And it was really cool to see how it kind of all fit together because, cause Kimmich was, his his heat map showed a lot of red in the center of the pitch where it which allowed Goretzka to kind of fill in on on either side or and and get forward some more and then and and Muller was kind of all over the place too and like you could just kind of see how they kind of all three of them just made this nice coverage of that that 
you know, like an inner, an inner rectangle on that, on that, on that pitch. And it was like, see, this is what was lacking from a lot of those Kovac teams is strength through the middle. They were getting eaten up and, you know, they were getting forward and not leaving a whole lot in coverage behind them. And that's why, you know, I just really like Kimmich in the, in the midfield um, because I, I like that, the having that type of mentality in um, a defensive midfielder. And I think he's just kind of growing into that role too. And then to pair him with Goretzka, who has, has enough defensive ability um, and, and can cover that ground, but also is, is very much forward looking and, and trying to move up and, and get shots on goal and, and, and things like that. And then you have, um, like you said, you know, Thomas Muller, who for all the, that, you know, I mean, it's, it's a shame that he's washed up, I guess is what I'm saying, <laughs> because, you know, you look at, you look at, you know, what he's able to do on the pitch. And the thing is, is like, I know people, you know, you, and I, and, and Sebastian, I, I'm sure agrees with me here. Um, people want to look at the statistics and look at all these things and say, Oh, look at, you know, Tiago does this and Tiago does that. And, 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 and yes, Tiago is a great player and he, and he fills a certain role for Bayern. Um, Coutinho is a great player and he fills a certain role for Bayern. And I'm, and I'm excited to see what those players do going forward. But there are certain things that you, you just cannot put, you can't fit on a, on a stat sheet. Um, I, and I think about in terms of um, American football um, right now, the Chicago bears, they, they kind of, they lost their um, defensive tackle uh, Akeem Hicks um, from their, from their defensive line. And, and, and he, you know, people know him from they, he gets quarterback hits, sacks and hurries and stuff. But his big thing was, is that the biggest thing that he does is he's a double team and he, and he stays a double team and that frees up other people to do things that can't show, you can't show up on a pitch in uh, or on a stat sheet and, and see Oh, Thomas Muller drug the defense to this side of the field because he found an open spot and mm. made them think about it. Um, you can't find on a stat sheet how, you know, he was able to just kind of be right there where a rebound was and make that goal goaltender think, just a little bit harder about how much where he's going to try to save this and, and block it away. I mean, there's just so many things that Thomas Muller does well. And, and the fact that he's not, not flashy. Um, I think there's a lot of people that watch and they don't notice what he's doing on the pitch until he scores a goal or has an assist. And, and they're really missing a huge portion of his game, which is just doing the things that you have to do to make the whole team better and 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 get yourself in position to be successful. And so I think he's. I mean, for, we joke about him. You know, people saying he's washed up and stuff. And and to be fair, he hasn't been. He hasn't been 2014 Thomas Muller or, or or you know his some of his really prolific um, years on scoring goals and, and assists and stuff. But that's not really who Thomas Muller is, and that's not who we expect him to be. I think at least for the three of us, you know, and, um, and so I think that they miss a lot of the things that he does because he's not, not, you know, tricky with the ball. He's not doing step overs. He's not, um, you know, flicking it all over right. the, the, the pitch, but yeah, I, you know, I don't have enough good things to say about Thomas Muller and, um, I, what can you, and it was his five, 500, uh, 
well, 500th match? 502nd against Dortmund, 501st okay. Olympiacos, but they celebrated it because it was, okay. he was finally back at home. Um, gotcha. But you were talking about stats, uh, Garrett, and it's really funny because the one stat that Hansi Flick wanted to bring up after the Olympiacos match, immediately going into his press conference, was distance covered, talking about who had who had run the most, uh, covered the most pitch, and he brought up two names, Joshua Kimmich and Thomas Muller. So I think it's evident how he uh, wants this team, this Bayern Munich team, to shape up and where he wants to put the focus. Um, and I think that's great because it's obvious he's learning from the mistakes of Niko Kovac. Uh, and I think he's really lining up with what is kind of the Bayern Munich identity. Um, yes, we're mm-hmm. going to keep the ball. Yes, we're you know we're going to dominate possession, but we're not going to do it necessarily in in this flashy, uh, just have possession for the sake of possession way. We're just, we're going to have guys who are efficient, who are willing to leave everything on the pitch, who are going to cover um, so much ground. You know they can you know Kimmich can pass the ball with the best of them. Um, him and Thiago can go toe to toe in terms of passing range, uh, but Kimmich is also going to bring that passion. He's going to cover. Every single blade of grass. Now, granted, Tiago would too, but I'm not here to, to compare the two of them. Uh, only to highlight, you know, what Hansi Flick, the direction that he's heading with this team, and I think that uh, I think it's really great to see, and it's obviously working so far uh, for Bayern Munich. I think, uh, by the way, Kimmich and Müller are also kind of the answer to what Lewandowski has been talking about over the week, uh, with uh, Bayern lacking leaders between him and Neuer. I think. We don't have to look any further to get a solution to that than to Kimmich and Müller uh, being this axis in the middle uh, that are uh, taking important decisions, are just being leaders, are uh, f- fighting all the time, uh, uh, being all over the pitch, uh, leading other players, telling them what uh, telling them what to do, and so on. I think we d- really don't have to look any further. And I was really a bit confused by by those comments during the week. I guess. Well. You brought up the name Lewandowski. Um, we'll get to him in a second. I think you're right. I think that Muller and Kimmich also offer a lot of leadership um, on and off the pitch. Uh, the comments may have been confusing, but I think the team has responded well. Um, Thomas Muller is not a leader in tr- the traditional sense, it would seem, but um, he just he, he lifts everyone else up around him, and, and Kimmich seems to have a sort of similar effect, and he's you know not afraid to yell at his teammates to put some fire in someone else that he has. So uh, it is great to see both of them stepping up in, in that role as well. But uh, Robert Lewandowski, 16 goals now in 11 Bundesliga games uh, starting off the season. That has, He's broken all the records set you know, in this. And um, Garrett, I, t- I sent out a tweet yesterday saying that you know he has to be the best player in the world right now based on form. So... Uh, would you agree with that? Is Robert Lewandowski right now um, the best player for this season? It's it's hard to argue. I mean, I I don't know who. I'm trying to think of who you who you would look at and say is this guy is at least in the conversation. Um, because I, I mean, he's just he's scored he's scoring at such a pace and it's, and it's, he's always in position to do it. I mean, he really probably should have had at least three. Mm-hmm. Yes. On Saturday. Um, it, and cause the one he had that he, he put wide, mm-hmm. um, it, he, he really should have put that away too. So it, yeah, he's, he's 
he's been unbelievable this year. And, and to, you know, to highlight, uh, the season even more, it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, he might be, uh, he, he kind of needs groin surgery. So, you know, have, have that, have that. Oh, and he's having a baby too. So that's, you know, Mm -hmm. congratulations to him and his wife. I, um, but, but so like what a year for him. And, and like you said, I don't know, I don't know who you could say is having a better year than him. Um, and because of the fact that he's, he's been, he's been the best striker in the world for, for a little while now. Um, in my opinion, at least, um, it's hard to, I mean, I'm sure you could pull up some, some player in the, you know, Danish third division that's scored more goals or something. You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. think there's, there's, there's always some stat you can look at and you can say, you can say, well, you know, he doesn't have as much here or there but to be doing it at the pace that he's doing it against the competition he's doing it against i know people you know will want to say what they want to say about the bundesliga um but he's still scoring so many goals and it doesn't matter who's in front of him i mean you put whatever team you put in front of him this year he'll score against them it doesn't make a difference and um the only team he hasn't scored against this year i think um that we've played was uh bokum but he didn't even start that match so um who knows uh yeah he he's he's been on fire um it's been so nice um to to have that i mean i think that you know we can we can all point out the concerns um that he's been you know an overwhelming percentage of their their offense uh this season but you know hey he's still scoring the goals and he's he's still doing it and that that first goal um, that header, uh, from, from, a great, you know, surprise, surprise, a volley, uh, from, from Pavard, uh, that was a beauty. And, um, I was watching that with my in-laws, uh, yesterday while they were over for, um, my daughter's birthday and, uh, and they don't know anything about soccer and they, they could tell that was a nice goal. So, um, yeah, it was it was fun to watch. I, w- I was glad to see him score. Um, even more glad to see him score twice. And um, I wholeheartedly agree. There's there's nobody playing better at this moment um, in the world than Robert Lewandowski. Sebastian, I know that you're obviously not the uh, biggest Robert Lewandowski fan. So would you would you agree with the statement that right now no one at least no one is playing on a level higher than Robert Lewandowski? Well, I guess it's always a bit tough to compare a, a, a pure striker uh, with uh, a more creative kind of player. But yeah, I guess you cannot really argue with that. And uh, I'm easily going to agree that he's the best striker right now, definitely. And probably probably the best player, maybe. Yeah, that could be the case, as I said. With a little caveat, it's, I mean, how do you compare that uh, with like a number six or, or a center back or even a goalkeeper? But keeping that in mind, yeah, that's a very reasonable thing to say, I guess. Uh, and I, I'm really curious how, how how much longer he's going to be able to keep it up because, yeah, it would really be incredible uh, if he if he broke that Gerd Miller record, of course. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if he's if he's really worthy of that because uh, Gerd Müller is really an exceptional player. Um, but yeah, it, it would th- that is a number when I grew when I grew up as a Bundesliga fan. 
that was just a number. It was not 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 something you thought w would ever be possible again. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the what I what I would assume is that the game just changed in a way that this is just nothing that anybody can can achieve uh, achieve at any point anymore. So that it's it's really very very special, of course, and yeah. And and I guess I'm I'm also what what I what I always ask myself is why why is, is does does he get these numbers now? Because it's it's not like this is the best season for it. It's it's not mm -hmm. like that this season is going perfectly well and it's just natural that that he would he would play like that. Or he's also I mean he he's not that old, of course. <laughs> I'm older than he is, but um, yeah, it, you would not think that that you would get even better suddenly at such an age that that's not, not quite typical i think but i guess for a striker sometimes these these things happen how old was martin max when he had his great season mm. i'm not quite sure but sometimes it happens with strikers i guess because as a striker a lot of a lot of the things happen in your head you need you need to you need to keep calm and you you need to you need to read the defense and so on maybe that's that's very important there because it's not his speed it's not his power or anything that that uh, makes him such a great player of course so yeah hmm. yeah we, we're certainly it's certainly an, an anomaly uh how well he's doing and um for sure it's also it's really neat that we're we're witnessing bundesliga history uh you don't really think about it in the moment but yeah, like one day we're gonna be like oh yeah i was i was there that season that uh robert Lewandowski broke all of Gerd Muller's records, uh, which it looks like he's on track to do unless there's a very uh, serious falling off in form. So uh, just appreciate it while he's doing it and try to enjoy it while we can, I guess, would be the uh, the thing to do. Um, one more question kind of topic before we, before we wrap things up. Uh, Hansi Flick has been confirmed by the Bayern board to uh, at least remain the manager for the time being. I guess the most likely scenario is he stays until the summer when we can bring in Ten, Ten Hag or um, we'll just say Ten Hag because I don't want to even mention the possibility of Tuchel. Um, with with that in mind, two questions, and I'll, we'll start with Garrett and go to Sebastian. Is this the right decision from the Bayern board to uh, keep Flick on for an extended period rather than bringing in someone like Wenger, uh, Mourinho, so on and so forth? So is, is this the right decision? And then other than winning the Bundesliga, you know, going far in the Champions League, the obvious stuff. What's one thing you'd like to see from Flick that you would kind of consider, okay, he turned this into a positive season. He made it a success. Um, I, I think it's the right decision in that it gives Bayern more flexibility in their negotiations and, and in talking with, um, their future manager they can kind of it there's not this immense pressure to uh to move on from from flick um because i think that he's he's done well enough in these um past two matches to to show that bayern are still going to be at the top of the bundesliga um so i mean they should be they should be in running for all the, the things that they were in the running for um, before. At, at the very worst, he's a continuation of the Niko Kovac era um, success-wise, um, which I think everybody, it was acceptable um, to, to at least have gotten far in, uh, or to, to win the, the, the league and to win the, the Bokal. Um, and then you hope that they do better um, in the Champions League. Um, especially now that you know the 
advancements all wrapped up. Um, they just need, I, th- I think maybe just a point to, to advance as the top of the group, um, in, in champions league. Um, he just gives them a lot of flexibility in terms of, they don't have to rush anything. They don't have to get to December and start feeling like, Oh, we should really get some guy in here. Um, and it can kind of help them see like what the players that they have and, and, um, what, what system or what kind of coach coming in is going to best fit what they want Bayern to look like going forward. Cause that was my big concern, um, with all the names bandied about is it seems like there's a lot of different coaching styles and a lot of different coaching philosophies that were being, um, you know, all the names, they're all different. And, and so to me, it was like, well, I just want to see that they have a specific, uh, a specific thing in mind when they come into and they say, this is the type of team we want Byron to be. So this is the type of coach we want to have. I think Flick gives them the, the uh, flexibility to kind of not take too much time, but they don't, they don't have to be as urgent in, in that. And they don't have to try to make any, um, any square pegs fit in a round hole sort of thing. Um, like it seemed like they kind of had to do with Kovac, um, near the end of, or when, when they hired him, um, for, as far as like what I, what I hope to see from him to make it like really turn into a positive is I would really like to see, um, the continued development of Alfonso Davies. I think that's, that's been huge. And, and that started with Kovac and it's, and it's just kind of, really come to a head under under flick in these past two matches i'd really like to continue to see that i'd really like to see um that identity um as far as at least as far as like who the players are and 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 how they play um to really kind of develop that and i'd really i'd really like to see um our guy largus i'd like to see Luca, lars lucas my um <laughs> in in the in the back line a, a couple matches because i i just want to see what what we have there how far how far away is he from from playing for the for the first team um it it still kind of surprises me and that's the one disappointment that i have from the these last two matches is that we didn't see him at all but i, I mean i can't be that disappointed they clean sheets both matches so um but i i would like to see him i'd like to see you know him and, and davies develop into players that we think they're going to be something or even maybe uh cassants um i would like to see uh some more so just kind of integrating some of those um younger players in the squad um so we can really start to see some roots being developed um in this club uh player and personnel wise that'd be a, a good development for me sebastian yeah, um, for me first, I guess I want to mention that this ha- was the scenario I was very much hoping for. I was very afraid that we would do something uh, quick, quickly, and uh, not think about it too much. And I'm really happy that that Flick uh, has now uh, turned this around a bit, and my fears are not as <laughs> great anymore. And we are looking at that kind of situation uh, that Oliver Kahn, uh, I think, talked about. Oliver Kahn has. Uh, when I read this comment by Oliver Kahn, uh, yeah, it really spoke from my heart. I think it, it really, I was really happy to to read that because I'm um, uh, just, I just hope that Oliver Kahn. I mean, he he cannot he cannot come in soon enough. Really, I just want Oliver Kahn to take over at this point and calm everything down a bit. 
because he was also saying uh, the, the biggest mistake I think we can do now is uh, act, acting too soon. Uh, we should really uh, take our time, be careful, and yeah, not make any uh, any rash decisions right now. And rash decisions is exactly uh, what I have come to expect from uh, Hoeneß and Rummenigge in the last couple of months. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy that things developed as they did. And what I I think what I most expect from from Flick is that stability we saw on Saturday. Uh, I think you talked about that how it never looked like Dortmund is is much much of a danger to to us uh, that they could really score at any minute or anything like that. And that was really a huge change for me. You never it, it was never like you were really fearing okay this might f- fall apart at any at any second or anything. I want uh, Flick to continue that, and of course, that definitely means that there will be more chances for the young players if you're not uh, con- concerned with shoring up the defense all all of the time. And how, oh god, how oh god, how can we stabilize this thing? Uh, yeah, you need you need a, a stable uh, a stable groundwork, and then yeah, you you can put in those young players, uh, and then they you set them up to succeed and not to fail. And yeah, I, re- I really hope uh, I really hope to see more of that. Uh, I, I definitely would also mention Jan Fiete Arp uh, in this conversation. Uh, he hasn't been mentioned, and of course, uh, new players that we might see in the future uh, should also profit from that. Especially thinking about people like Adrian Fine and so on. And yeah, it's really great what we have with Davies now, and uh, I would definitely want more of that. And we have been talking so much how we want the young play- players to get more chances, and. Uh, yeah, this time might also have come now, and that's great. Yeah, you both hit on stuff that I was going to bring up. You know, more youth development, and then you know, stabilize the defense. Uh, I would also kind of add, you know, bring back the Bayern identity because Nico Kovac liked to approach games with kind of an underdog attitude. Uh, I really want a manager who's going to recognize that you know Bayern Munich is one of the biggest clubs in Europe, and that we should go into every game expecting to win, expecting to uh, win big, and so. I kind of want to see that uh, swagger, I guess, if you will, brought back. But um, I would agree, given the options, given how he's looked the past couple games, uh, Hansi Flick has has no reason to be replaced. Um, we might as well stick with him until we can get that guy uh, that, like Garrett said, that's going to um, have the identity that we want to play with, who's going to shape up the team uh, in a way that really fits Bayern Munich and um we can take our time and negotiate and talk with him and make sure everything is is right for that. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the coming weeks uh, following the international break and, you know, seeing what we can expect from Bayern Munich for the rest of the season. But that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast or if you've enjoyed listening today, please do us a big favor and leave a five-star review. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SuperBayernPod. You can get in touch with us there or email us at SuperBayernPod at gmail.com all of our episodes can be found on itunes google play spotify wherever you listen to podcasts we are probably there thank you for listening go out and tell all your friends and we'll talk to you next time <laughs>